Hey, welcome to episode number 88 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We are recording on October the 11th, 2020. My name is Eric. I'm the host of the show based in Southern Ontario. I'm a hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, and computer geek. As a first responder, I've witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events, and I started a small preparedness company to help people get prepared for at least 72 hours, if not longer. My name is Ian. I live on Vancouver Island. I'm an outdoor enthusiast, sports shooter, and my farm's designated handyman. Alan can't join us tonight. Unfortunately, the tryptophan hit uh, with the excess turkey, and he's laid flat for the evening. <laughs> Was it turkey? Are we sure? Well, something like that. Yeah. Something about high heels in a bottle, is- I thought. Yeah. My name is Andrew. I'm a recovering libertarian, the firearms instructor at Ragnarok Tactical, and normally I'd be your host, but this show confuses me. <laughs> Want to help support the show and keep the Canadian Prepper Podcast on the air? You can buy a Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt at rapidsurvival.com. All proceeds help keep the lights on and the backup generator fueled. If you're enjoying the show, please take a few moments and like us on Facebook and submit a review on iTunes. Also, we want your feedback, good or bad, or just if there's a topic you want us to cover. You can email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. All right, so we've got some uh, pumping content for you in this episode. Yeah, I changed it a little bit. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> uh, we're going to start off with some preparedness-related news. Next, we'll let you know what we've done for our preparedness since the last episode, and then we're going to get into the main topic of exercise regimes. Let's move into some news. All right, maybe you guys can flesh this out a bit for me, but uh, it looks like parts of Ontario have entered a second and maybe unwarranted lockdown. It's a, this phase two, kind of but not is kind of the way they're putting it in the news. Uh, basically, they're, they're slapping Toronto, Peel, and Ottawa's wrists and saying, you guys have to go back into a modified phase two while the rest of the province stays in the phase we're in currently. Uh, but they're allowing schools still. Schools still fine everywhere. But um, all kinds of other things have stopped in Toronto, Peel, and Ottawa. What? Uh, okay, so explain the phases to me. So is it like a numerical one to four, one to five thing? So you're just as confused as the rest of us. Great. Okay. And so is no one, one the worst or one the best? Uh, one, I believe, yes. is the worst. Maybe it's the best. I don't know. The scale <laughs> either goes from, from one to ten or ten to one. I, oh, man. Yeah. Good thing I they clarified think, it. I think scale yeah, goes from one to four. I think it definitely so. goes as things improve, the number is greater. As things are um, like Hong Kong is like level one, completely locked down, riot police beating you back into your home. And then like level four is like libertarian utopia where the non-aggression principle applies and everyone is allowed to do whatever they want as long as it's consensual. Oh, yeah. And so then he- tomorrow they'll switch it all up and we'll all be confused again. Then they've got the level zero where the, the dead reanimate or something. I don't know. I, I, I think it has to do with the way that they... The, the language the government used at the time was like reopening Ontario for business or, or whatever their catchphrase of the day was. It was very long and wordy and not a very good catchphrase. But um, they did a phased approach to opening Ontario back up and phase one was like, everybody has to stay at home. Phase two was like restaurants that can do takeout or something. And then phase three is like sit down restaurants or what what ha- all it is is which which essential services are deemed the most essential because some essential employees are more essential than others. Ah, yeah. 
Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. Like the caseloads didn't seem to be that big to me, but what do I know? Well, it's strange when you increase the amount of testing, you increase the amount of positive test results. That's so weird. Wait a minute. Common <laughs> sense. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting situation to, to say the least and it's uh, it's confusing to follow and it's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because telling majority of the province that you, know, you can continue doing what you're doing and then taking uh, like said Toronto Peel and Ottawa and saying you guys need to scale back I just I don't know how well that's going to work. The solution to this is simple and I've I've said it before build a wall around Toronto and make the lake a little bigger. <laughs> or just generally don't live in cities. I yeah. don't yeah, there's well, that. Th this is this is what you get for living in Toronto. If you lived in Toronto, you had choices, and you chose to live in a major urban center where people can't take care of themselves and have no space to themselves. Now you're obligated to stay in your 400 square foot condo that cost you two million dollars because you wanted a nice view. It's true. I will continue to live on my little piece of property out where I no one bothers me. Thank you kindly, and please, Toronto people, not that you're listening. Stop buying cottages up north. Also, Peterborough is not up north. No. Not at all. You're ruining the outdoors for the rest of us. <laughs> I hear you. So other than that, I had an uh, article from the CBC, of course. Oh, here that, we go. Said, that said the, uh, you should prepare for a 7.5% drop in your house price. Ooh. Now... Going with the government filter on with the six hundred million dollar filter, um, if they're telling you that their house price is going to drop six percent the next year, maybe move a decimal point over or something. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems awfully optimistic uh, that you know as people's wages disappear and you know markets dry up and stuff, they're already saying the condo market's done because people don't want to live in condos anymore and want to move to a detached house where they actually can go you know tootle around their backyard during lockdowns. So that should be very interesting to see how that actually plays out. Yeah, that will be interesting. Uh, and speaking of interesting, we do have a, a quick comment here from Infamous E in the live chat uh, saying, lives in Calgary, but got a call from an Ontario testing center saying I was positive. Haven't been to Ontario since 2016. Hmm. Maybe they just like his personality. So he was really positive. Yeah, could be. Could be. All right, I've, uh, I've got a news article in here uh, from uh, Burnaby Now, and it's in regards to uh, what should you pack in your emergency kit during a pandemic. So they're, they're a little late, uh, but they're publishing it now. It's a recent article, so, uh, and it lists things uh, such as hand sanitizer, masks, uh, rechargeable flashlight, and uh, I figured out through this article why there's been such a run on toilet paper. They list toilet paper on the items you should pack in your emergency kit. So we've solved the mystery as to why there was such a run on toilet paper. Yeah, the Red Cross suggests that you you pack it in your emergency kit for pandemic. So it only took a couple months for us to figure out where that where that rush came from. Is your uh, Costco still empty? Yep. Hmm. Ours was only empty for about a week, and they got it resupplied, of course. Oh, that's good. Ours got supplied, and then people panicked and bought that supply. There are numerous toilet paper manufacturers domestically. It really shouldn't. I mean, they're just buying it out as fast as it's being shipped in. This is yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've got one that produces it just like 20 minutes that way. So it's like, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it's still funny. I just yeah. still get a kick out of the fact that they run right past the food, <laughs> the toilet paper, 
and you're not going to need the toilet paper if you don't buy the food. But eh. people won't judge you in the apocalypse about the cleanliness of your butthole. That's for no, sure. They won't. No. <laughs> all, all right. That's all I had. All right. We'll move into what we've done lately for preps then. Uh, so for myself, I've uh, finally, since uh, moving my office from upstairs to downstairs where I am currently, uh, decided that I would finally, after a couple of years, permanently install my ham radio antennas. So I ordered a bunch of gear. Uh, I've got it on the way. Some stuff has showed up already. Um, so I've got the mast that I'm going to put up on the chimney. I've got uh, all my LMR uh, 400 wire. That's uh, the coax cables that run from the uh, the radios to the antennas. I've got that all here with the uh, PL259 ends to connect. And uh, it's just a matter now of waiting for one antenna and uh, a buddy to come by and help me with putting it all up. So hopefully next week I will uh, get the runs done and get uh, all the radios set up and uh, have a permanent permanent install. So assuming all goes well, I'll be back uh, next Sunday and I haven't fallen off the roof, but we'll we'll find out next week. Cool. As for myself, uh, so last week we were talking about the chickens that got sick there, and I had a couple coops on lockdown, so to speak. And luckily enough, one of the members of my uh, mutual assistance group came through and came through with some medication that we needed that was really hard to find because pretty much out in Canada. And they gave me a big jug that was like good for about 20,000 birds. So I'm going to have to like, you know, pay it forward, I guess, at some point. But uh, limited to a loss of four birds, which was good. So, so far they're all stabilized and everything's going through. Um, got sidetracked, had to do a bunch of work. So during my travels, I learned that lockdowns can always be worse than what you're experiencing. So I did have a bit of a run in with the, the local constabulary over not wearing a mask. And it was very interesting and entertaining at the same time. But anyways, lessons learned. Um, got sidetracked with the truck recall. My uh, Tacoma, unfortunately, had a uh, rust issue with the frame. So I had to take apart my truck. I uh, sent it to the dealership. They had to kind of spray it down and kind of clean it out and then uh, seal off the, the frame, which gave me a, a chance to kind of refit it and resupply it with uh, the first aid kit and everything else I put in there, which was good. It's always good to reorder the the stuff there and there. And uh, see here, rain season hit with a vengeance. So i uh, got the heavy-duty rain going on, kind of like a monsoon, so I can't really do much outside. So I did another feed and grocery run here couple CGN deals, of course. And uh, yeah, actually, interestingly enough, I had time to go to the dentist. Um, the dentist is very restrictive right now. You can't, uh, you know, taking care of your teeth is one of those things for preparedness that if things go sideways and you don't have access to a proper dentist, things can go bad very soon. So maintaining good he dental health is a thing. And so, um, yeah, I managed to squeeze in a dentist trip while they're still open because they're already talking about locking down again. And luckily enough, my dentist, who not only is a dentist, is a former JTF2 operator and uh, interesting guy overall. And it was uh, good to have a chat with him about that. I'm trying, still trying to get him on the podcast, but we'll see what happens. And uh, other than that, that's pretty much it. I've, uh, I've been doing a lot of shooting. Uh, my team came in first place at the Operational Shooting Association Service Pistol Championship last month. Most of my summer was training for and then competing in service pistol, which was good times. Great team. Good guys. The uh, competition was quite stiff. I, uh, I've also been putting on monthly service pistol and partisan rifle matches at my local gun club at the Guelph Rod and Gun Club. So every month I have two matches where we have 40 or 50 people under various COVID restrictions. So we're very limited on how many people at a time are there. So I spend the whole day at the range because I show up and I set up and then I have a couple people shoot and then we have a couple more people shoot and we rinse and repeat that until it's time to tear the range down and go for beer and chicken wings. 
We've been, we've been I like those it. on. Sounds like a perfect day, actually. Yeah. I mean, it makes for a long day with not very much shooting for me, but it's important that we have pistol matches and it's important that we have people learning to shoot rifles in an effective manner. I also uh, got drafted into helping run an extreme five gun and edged weapons invitational match this past weekend. So the last two days I spent on the range building and setting up stages and testing things and then ROing all day yesterday and uh, squeaked in a fourth place finish in my division, which I'm not not unhappy about. So invitational match out of like 20 shooters just to prove out some concepts. Uh, samurai swords and firearms. Great combination, actually. Nice. Handcuffs and firearms, not so much. I was going to ask you about the edged weapons section of that, if there was like some throwing or hacking or slashing involved or what there was, but... Uh, so there were there were two stages that involved the use of edge weapons out of the three stages that we ran. So a, a fair amount of, of knife play. Um, one stage on the buzzer uh, before it, before retrieving a firearm taking the samurai sword and chopping a, a watermelon in half. <laughs> That's awesome. Style right? points, uh, style points, like it's a hit miss that you either chop a piece of the watermelon off or you miss. You get one go at it. Uh, we also had a stage where you started handcuffed, had to unhandcuff key yourself, draw your shank from where it was secreted <laughs> about your person and shank a honeydew melon before retrieving your firearm and moving on. <laughs> So with the samurai sword, did you get to say there can be only one or something before you did it, or <laughs> no? No, oh, okay. there was there was a very there was a dearth of one-liners. Oh, okay, it was a lot of fun though. Uh, we had a, we had a bunch of really good people, and being that it was invitational match, it was a bunch of people that I shoot with regularly and are are mostly competent shooters. So it was uh, it was a difficult competition. It's kind of interesting following the order in council, seeing what people are competing with. So we had some of the new Maple Ridge Renegades out and some of the other straight pull, not AR, ARs. And lots of, uh, lots of divorce. Lots and lots of divorce. I can imagine. Nice. I got one of those Renegades on order myself, but I'm waiting for that to, to pop in. I'm like number 3,500 on the list, I think. But uh, It seemed... It seems like an option. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, aside from the shooting stuff, I've got uh, mandatory vacation from work right now. So I'm I'm working every other week for a couple of weeks. And I'm using all my newfound free time to pretend I'm a contractor and renovating my entire basement. So hmm. Ripped out a ton, a literal ton of stuff went to the tr uh, the dump, which in my slightly larger than not a Tacoma was two trips. And I had no suspension left both times. So that was fun. A good thing the dump is not far. And put in all new uh, vinyl plank flooring. And then all the other assorted fix-it-up tasks that my wife wanted done. Mending the drywall and all of the concrete that I discovered that needed to be patched in order to do flooring. And new lights that my wife would like installed. And new plumbing and new toilets and new vanities and so on. That sounds like my world. On the upside, I... Well, I'd really like to have bought new tools but this was all like this is all stuff that i have and all stuff that i've done so it was really just the effort of ripping and renovating at least get some uh, lower wattage leds and stuff in there versus the old ones or uh, i switched out most the most of the higher energy consumption lights previously 
Uh, so everything's CFLs or LEDs. Uh, but this was replacing fixtures because we had some, call it builder grade stuff. Not that we have a new home, but the, the people that had it before us were uh, pretty cheap about doing things. And this has been on my list of things to tackle because the basement's not really a, a high priority on my list of projects. But I figured since I have a bunch of weeks off on and off, I'll just take the basement apart and put it back together again. Why not? Yeah. Uh, that's pretty well all I've been working on the last, you know, month or six weeks since whenever the last time I guest spotted on here was. <laughs> and so we right move into the main topic then. Right on. Uh, well, I hate exercise. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, also I, hate exercise. Yeah. The whole panel hates exercise and we're doing a show on exercise. Yeah, but that's Perfect. actually it even more reason to do it then right yeah this is true so like honestly this is a problem with motivation for myself has been for my whole life um it's just because i don't really enjoy it i don't get that runner's high like some people do like you know these people say that they love running they look like they're in pain all the time yeah i i call bullshit when they say they enjoy running yeah i, I don't quite get it myself no. but it is obviously necessary to maintain a good fitness level for from a preparedness perspective especially yeah. if you expect to be carrying around plate carriers and backpacks and everything else and you know in, in your ideal world or whatever so yeah i'd say uh fitness is definitely important i think we covered this before in a previous episode uh, for the importance of fitness yeah i think we've mentioned it a, a few times just even in in general chat about how it, it's it's definitely an important thing to maintain um, not a lot of people think about it in a preparedness related type of scenario because they're always thinking about the zombies are coming and you know how am i going to fold my tinfoil hat and all that kind of stuff but yeah Without fitness, you're not outrunning those zombies, and well, you might fold your tinfoil hat. But mm -hmm. so it's hard to like specify like the the perfect exercise for the average prepper because I mean, yeah. not just uh, you know preferences and and how much you enjoy it, but body types. There's the yeah. endomorph and the ectomorph. Like I'm more of a I guess an endomorph is uh, the short fat squat type. Uh, the chubby one. Yeah, that that's me. <laughs> 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 anyway, and I'm, I'm not I'm whichever like, one the chubby one is. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Eric's kind of the opposite, and so on. So what works for me might not work for him, and vice versa. And same with Alan; he's like the size of Shrek compared to me. I'm more like the donkey, so it's like you know he might enjoy some you know throwing around like truck tires. I might not. So, anyways, uh, I will, as being the oldest guy here, I think uh, recommend low impact exercises on the long term. You can thank me later for your knees, but <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, I think what well, Colin and I had a chat one time too. It's like, yeah, after a while, it's like your body starts to wear out faster the, the higher impact stuff you do. So running, uh, everything else like that, that's actually like going to cause like a micro lesions in your body over the over time and your muscles and everything else, It's it does cause long-term effects. So if you can do stuff like, you know, swimming, uh, biking, everything else is going to be lower impact, uh, obviously better to stay in shape. Uh, but as far as what worked for me... Um, Krav Maga. I've, by far, I think over the entire span of things, that was probably the one thing I enjoyed the most uh, because it was instead of being an exercise program, it was actually more of a self-defense thing, but also was very a, a good workout. But yeah. you felt like you were actually putting something towards uh, personal preparedness, uh, fitness level, you know, competency in, in, in tough situations, everything else. Um, companion to that, of course, is CrossFit. That's for people that are mentally unstable. But uh, <laughs> it is uh, a higher level of fitness and just like atheists or uh, or vegans, as soon as the, somebody walks in the room, they'll tell you they're doing CrossFit. Trust me, they will. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, so if you meet somebody, you can always ask them about it. and I'm sure they'll gladly talk to you about it. Too late. Uh, they'll have already told you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, myself also, like, I mean, scuba is one of those things where it 
you know, imp- uh, gave me the impetus to actually like improve my swimming. You got something out of it by seeing stuff that normally people wouldn't see. Um, if you can find a hobby like that or like that ties in exercise, that is fantastic, right? So yeah. as far as something for preparedness that gets you in shape, find a motivation, right? Yeah, I think that's key to find something that you can you can do that you enjoy and it's not just a, oh God, I'm, okay, I'm going to go work out because uh, this random podcast on the internet told me I have to. It's, uh, you know, it's something you enjoy, it's something you do and it, it doesn't always have to be just throwing weights around in the gym and, and grunting and looking at yourself in the mirror. Although that's fun at times, but um, <laughs> rather do that, uh, you know, something else that you enjoy and, and get out and and even help uh, help up your preparedness level while you're doing it. I see those guys at the gym sometimes. I kind of think they're like Christian Bale in, in American Cycling, kind of eye himself <laughs> up, you know. But uh, yep. no, honestly, like I, I kind of relate to that to the hamsters on the wheel. I just I can't I can't enjoy the gym life. And um, so for me, I my personal motivation. I got the dogs not just for uses around the farm, but it kind of forces me to do a daily hike. Because if I don't, they sit there and give me the doe eyes and and you know stare at me until I actually go. Yep. So that's good. Uh, I thought it was a five k hike I was doing, but it's actually. Thanks to that Strava app, I found it was like 4.2 or something every day, but whatever. Still oh. still on an incline, so it, it counts for something. Sure. Uh, the incline and add the extra bit, and now you're at five. Yeah, I think Andrew is going to touch on it, sure, but I'm, uh, 45 minutes a day is kind of what we're striving for, I'm thinking. Yeah, that's doable. Yeah, and uh, farm fit. That's uh, around the acreage here. I mean, if you're lifting bales of hay and feed bags and you know, wrestling animals or as required, you know, like there's, there's bound to be some opportunity for working out naturally without actually put an extra effort in to go to the gym or whatever. Um, in fact, I live on a mountainside. The whole thing is like 15% grade. That's going to help no matter what I do. So your yeah. farm pit thing, I think is going to be a pretty good trade off for a lot of preppers. Cause you're going to run into this with, okay, I, I need to move the bag of feed. So I should be strong enough to lift the bag of feed and carry it to where it needs to go. But also, like, now is a really good time to do that because if I can't lift the bag of feed, nothing terrible will happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, uh, I think Alan was touching on that, you know, fireman fitness test or whatever, and they had to lift, you know, like a 150-pound weight or whatever. And, I mean, some of these bales that you get, depending on the sale, what's on sale, what's cheapest, I mean, some of these bales are over 100 pounds each. And to, like, kind of manhandle those things around and, like, even get them up, I have to put up, like, three flights of stairs or three big stairs, anyways, to get up to the hay shed. Um yeah, after a while, it doesn't take long to get a good workout of out of things, right? Yep. Yeah. Tell, tell me about it. I've been moving, flooring up and down stairs for days on end. Well, yeah, one of those packs of flooring. What's that like? Thirty pounds? Forty pounds? Uh, they're around about forty-five. The ones that I'm working yeah. with. Yeah, I remember they're not light. I remember Which, doing I mean, our basement. It's, it's not a ton of weight, but like if I was not, if I was in worse shape than I am, it would suck a lot more than it does. Well, yeah, I mean, not only that, but you're doing, like, not just one package. You're doing, like, 30, 40 packages up, like, 20 stairs. Yeah, yeah, like, 40 packages up the <laughs> yeah, stairs. Up you were counting, And then right? each individual pace ha- piece has to go back up to go to the saw outside because I don't want to cut it on, on the inside of the house because I'll never get the debris out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like divorce dust, right? You don't want that stuff. <laughs> nope. nope. No. Nope. So, so I, outside I mean, it goes. Yeah. I think that's going to be a big part of this for your, your prepper audience is that being able to do the work yourself or being able to, you said you had to do a bunch of work on your truck, just being able to take the tools to get pieces apart, have the strength to break bolts or to use the pry bar or to lift the hay bale or to do any of those functional tasks. Really, in my mind, those, those are the only tasks that matters are the functional things, going to the gym and 
looking in the cool guy mirror and doing your curls for the girls is not really <laughs> not really doing much for you. It's not making you a more prepared or more fit individual. The the aesthetics of it's probably fine, but like you ever seen like a really good looking farmer? Probably not. You've probably seen a bunch of overweight farmers that beat the shit out of you in a parking lot, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And farmers don't have the gym bod. They have, they're usually lean and mean, right? There's not an ounce of extra fat on them because they're always like always wiry, right? Yep. Unfortunately for myself, I put on the uh, the COVID-15 during the COVID-19. Yep. Uh, so I put I've on at least, the same. at least 15 pounds since this lockdown started because uh, I just haven't left the property as much as I would even as it is and doing my daily walk, I still basically put on some extra weight, much to everybody's chagrin here. So um, yeah, I was going to say for people that are more urban centric, I was going to suggest uh, maybe instead of, you know, taking the car, you can only go to the grocery store right now in certain places. So maybe biker walk it, you know, use a backpack to uh, passive, uh, get some passive weight going, maybe bike it, figure out a way to do that. And then uh, stick to some body weight exercises. But I think uh, Andrew touches on that later. But other than that, yeah. the only thing I had was uh, hydration, which yep. I think is going to be covered again later here in a second. It is certainly important, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Al had some notes here. Should we talk about those quickly? Yeah, let's go over them quickly. So, yeah, you mentioned hydration overall. Um, obviously, that's that's going to be a key component. If you're not hydrated, well, things start to not work the way they should. So, uh, And then he's got... Let's see, I mean, here, yeah, just using body weight with no equipment can be can be very useful, can be very effective. Um, don't think that you need to start out with uh, all kinds of weights or light weights or heavy weights or any kind of weight at all. You can you can certainly do things like push-ups and sit-ups and leg lifts and dips and, and pull-ups. Um, and that's all just body weight. I mean, it'll get you a far way. And then later on, you can, you can train uh, with weights if you want. But I uh, don't think you have to go out and just get all the weights right off the hop. Uh, he says he's been training recently with a weight vest and a large sandbag. Uh, and the best he's found are from bruteforce.com. So uh, he's got a quick little shout out in there as well. Apparently they're awesome. Don't know if they helped him with the bottle of wine tonight though. <laughs> didn't make it worse. Yeah, it didn't make it worse. Yeah, he, chose, he chose to work out with multiple bottles of wine this evening, apparently. So one arm lifts. Yeah, one arm lifts and yeah. Curling some wine bottles. It happens. It does, yeah. Uh, and then uh, same thing, he echoes exactly the same as, as uh, Ian already has, where you should be uh, focusing on functional fitness um, versus just picking stuff up, throwing it around, and, and grunting in a mirror because you can. Uh, it makes a lot more sense to, to make it functional. Um, and then, uh, yeah, running stairs by stepping up and down uh, one step uh, of his back deck over and over and over. Um, you might get the attention of some neighbors if they can see it, but... Maybe just an OCD uh, accusation. Yeah. That's about it. Yep. That brings us to Andrew. That's all he had. So. so I've got a whole podcast that we did on this on the original CPP, uh, episode 219. We did this really early in Chronication. It was uh, right around the same time that the Instagram influencers all came up with their awesome at home workouts. And I immediately had regrets about having done a whole podcast on it. But. <laughs> Didn't want to be part of the Instagram influencer crowd. Not my, not my gym scene. We did come up with the uh, the Patriot Challenge though. Following that episode, um, so we've been we've been talking on CPP for a while. I have five tasks that I want you to do every day, and most of them are highly applicable to your show. 
First of which is exercise for 45 minutes. More is better, but exercise for 45 minutes. Practice a skill for 10 minutes. Read a book for 15 minutes. Drink at least two liters of water and complete a task that will improve your life. And also go on the Canadian Patriot podcast website and get the social media template and tag us in it so I can repost your stuff. It's social media, Instagram influencing and so forth. But uh, we thought that that was uh, sort of an applicable thing for most people, something that most people can figure out a way to work into their day. I don't I really like know it. about the whole motivation thing. I get what Ian's saying with uh, with getting dogs and, and taking up uh, sports or combatives or other activities, but I, I feel no motivation to do exercise ever. <laughs> I, I'm not. It's... You, you don't want motivation. You want discipline. You want to get up and you want to do the work. Oh, if, well, is, I, if I was doing it, if I was doing it when I was motivated, I would I would never work out. I, I wouldn't do most things if I was waiting for motivation to strike because I'm not I'm not a motivated person to begin with. Kind of passive path of least resistance. You know, whatever's easy, whatever doesn't require a lot of extra effort. So but I, if would, you, uh, I would go and look for some discipline in that and figure out what you're... What's that again? I was going to say, if you think about it as a, as a job to do, right? That is another way to look at it, right? It's just something yeah. that has to well, be done. That's, that's how I look at it, especially from like the prepper standpoint. Is I, the only thing that I do competitively, and really my only hobby, because I don't really count prepping as a hobby so much as a lifestyle, my only real hobby is competitive shooting. The rest of the stuff that I do, growing a garden, working on renovations, maintaining vehicles, all of that stuff is work. It's all projects or tasks or whatever. You, it's not stuff that I do because I enjoy it. It's stuff that I do because it needs to be done. And exercise is another one of those things that I do it because I need it to be done so that I can be effective at those other tasks. So if that's like picking up the truck tires because I drive a fairly large truck and I want to change my tires, I need to be able to pick up my 100-pound tire. Not because I enjoy it, it's because once a year I have to change, well, twice a year I have to change the tires on the truck. Right, so it's yeah. it's another one of those tasks, or like my renovation project right now. It's not because I want to be doing renos, although I, I do enjoy the, I do enjoy doing the work. I, I wouldn't be putting flooring down for free. I'm doing it because it improves the value of my home and makes my life better and makes my wife happy. And all of those are kind of related. So being able to go up and down the stairs all day, because I'm my, my, my smartwatch tells me that I'm going up and down the stairs 40 or 50 times a day right now. I don't like running up and down the stairs. But it doesn't hurt anymore. I'm not sore from doing it. I don't feel tired doing it because I'm doing it all the freaking time. But it's not... Um, it's not because I feel motivated to run up and down the stairs. I, I kind of look at it that way. Is it's another one of those things. It's like eating enough vegetables or not drinking too much beer. It's because I'm supposed to do it because it makes me a better person, not because I want to do it because I enjoy it necessarily. Well, I like that way of looking at it. Does anybody enjoy vegetables, really? Communists. <laughs> It's because they don't have a choice. That's all they have to eat. Let's say the animal that's on my plate probably enjoyed vegetables before I ate it. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah I appreciate that. So I, I have a I, I pulled together a bunch of fitness standards a while ago from various things for uh, in the event that you ever decided to participate in uh, various government agencies or 
competed against them in some aspect, like I compete against uh, military and law enforcement in shooting competitions. Or possibly there are other reasons why you may want to know how fit those various government agents are. So I compiled a list of those things. You might want to review the list in the show notes. But the, the gist of it is, is you're going to want to be able to run 5K in a reasonable amount of time. You're going to want to do the 2.4K for time to see where you rate, because that's a standard fitness benchmark. The one mile run, the 1.6 kilometer run is also a standard fitness benchmark. So you want to see where you list on that. And then all of your normal calisthenic stuff, push-ups, sit-ups, um, some type of core endurance, if that's planks or some other things that's kind of measured in sit-ups as well. Uh, chin-ups or pull-ups are another one of those standard body weight measurements. How many pull-ups can you do? Um, like military here, if you want to go to parachute school in Trenton, you got to do seven. Like as a minimum, that's the standard to get to qualify for parachutists. You got to do seven chin-ups. The other thing that uh, we're going to talk on. I was going to say, it doesn't sound too overly onerous, actually. Well, you do seven pull-ups? Well, I just did a contest with the daughter the other day. I think I made it to five, but then that was, that was it. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, see, that's what I mean. Like, seven doesn't sound like a lot until you get to four, and then you're like, well, this actually seems harder than it, I thought it would be. <laughs> but but I am double the average age of the average you know, CSOR or JTF2 applicant. So <laughs> I'm hearing a lot of excuses, Ian. Well, that's true. Those, those are just bad excuses, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Age is no excuse. <laughs> Practice doing more pull-ups. So I, I compiled a bunch of the list of that stuff, uh, including the pin test for uh, police agencies. Uh, that one's a weighted score, so it's kind of weird. And I the, the stats in it are based on men in their 30s because that's the age group that I fall into. So like a perfect score to get your 20 points on your push-ups for someone my age is 37 consecutive. Pardon me. For a man in their 30s, because there's only two scales. There's men and women. And uh, they're broken into... I think they're all 10-year age groups. For someone of my gender and age to get a perfect 20 points for their push-ups is 37. Which isn't a lot of push-ups, but it's not no push-ups. It's a lot of push-ups. It's a lot of push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a lot of push-ups. So I, I, I would use those things as benchmarks because those are things that other people use as benchmarks. And if you write it down and measure it, it's science. If you don't, then not worth doing hmm. you, need, you need to be able to measure yourself against where you are and you need to figure out where you're trying to go right it's the same concept as land nav so you, you need some sort of measurable progress so you may as well use what other people used so you can see where you rate yeah it's a good point my case, if, you're, pace. if you're trying to uh, at least meet the standard of any police officer in Ontario and you need to score your whatever it is 80% on the pin test, or if you need to compare yourself to the military and meet the minimum standard for the DF Express test or whatever that thing is, if you have some group to compare against or compete against, I I use those things as my benchmarks, and those things all require basically no equipment. You need running shoes. Yeah. Pull-ups, like you need it. a thing to do pull-ups on. Right, so I have a park nearby. Yeah, we actually ended up putting a pull-up bar in the hay shed uh, that we can kind of stow off to the side as required. And uh, yeah, so now I'm trying to do a competition with a daughter to try and motivate each other. And I think it there costs 17 bucks in hardware total, including the chain and the all the loops and the dowels and everything else. So, I mean, it's cheap, right? 
that's yeah. what I mean. Like, I, I want to do this with as little outlay as possible because, I mean, I love the crazy garage gym Instagram story thing as much as everybody else does because they look super cool. But my garage is full of stuff that I need all the time. I don't have room to put in $2,000 of weights that I currently can't buy because everybody sold out because of Corona. Yep. But uh, <laughs> I have a bunch of heavy stuff I got to keep moving, so that'll work. Yeah. I do find it funny how basically uh, workout equipment and dogs have disappeared out of the market. Yep. <laughs> All the SBCs are ASPCAs are empty, and I think right now a dog is going for like multiple thousands on uh, most Kijiji and, and stuff like that right now. That's crazy. Uh, yep. I, crazy. Well, we we saw a Pomeranian on sale for forty five hundred dollars the other day online. I was like, um, what? Does it does it crap like golden bullets or like, <laughs> does this work exactly? Oh jeez. Crazy. So. Uh, Early on in uh, coronacation, when uh, I got told no more gym, because I was a gym goer because of the uh, lack of interest in storing exercise equipment in my home, uh, I trying to figure out what to do so I didn't get the COVID nineteen while I was trying to avoid the COVID nineteen. So I started doing uh, just body weight stuff, and I have a couple of small uh, kettlebells and dumbbells that I was using, just simple, simple stuff. Bodyweight squats, push-ups, lunges, dumbbell rows, planks, jumping jacks, just as a set for time. So 30 seconds of doing activity, or as many activities as I can do. 10 seconds to get ready for the next one and just keep doing those same six exercises four times. And just work through the set and the whole thing take me about 15 minutes. And I'd be beat because it's like an AMRAP and you're just, oh, that's a CrossFit term. It you is. Look up what an AMRAP is. So... <laughs> Then you can look into Metcons and other fun terms. Or just the whether wad. or not it's yep. strict or not for your... Yeah. Do you want a strict wad or a not a strict wad? You, a bunch of that stuff no. is going to come up if you're looking into like online workouts, especially body weight stuff and functional stuff. And I'm a big fan of functional stuff, although I'm not really a big fan of CrossFit because I think a lot of their um, non-strict exercises are very dangerous for unskilled people. Um, particularly anything that starts the word kipping. <laughs> I just, yeah, I saw those in action. I, I see people do kipping pull-ups, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's that shoulder separation about to happen right there, but that looks like fun. Also, please know. Yeah. Well, I also, when I was at Crowd Maga, I'd watch the people doing CrossFit on the other side of the gym, and then watch them hurling on a regular basis because they work out so bad. Uh, it's like there wasn't much of a sales pitch going on there. but Yeah. If you're working out to the point that you're hurling everywhere, I don't think you're doing it right. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's a mistake. So yeah. I, I'm a big fan of interval stuff and body weight stuff. I don't know that you're going to get super jacked doing body weight stuff, but I suppose it's possible. I think you're going to have to add some level of resistance yeah. training. But I think most people are going to have to worry way more about their diet than they are about whether or not they're doing body weight versus resistance training at that point. Because when, yeah. when you're talking about like getting super ripped, at that point, like, you really have to have your nutrition dialed in before you get to that, and that's not really functional from my mind. That's not prepper-type stuff. That's more of the cosmetic, or if you're getting into, like, competitive weightlifting or competitive bodybuilding, that's a whole other different... Yep. That's a different thing. I think we're, we're talking more about, like, being generally healthy and flexible and mobile and not... Not having to wait for the agents of the state to come to your rescue if you find yourself in some sort of perilous situation. Yeah. Yep. What's uh, what's uh, Pat McNamara 
say? Be able to uh, save yourself and kick somebody's ass? Even if he doesn't say it, I like it. <laughs> I'd, I'd look at him. Um, the combat strength training program that he does is pretty awesome. Uh, he's a former Delta Force guy. Done a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, I'd also look at the, the Jocko Wilnick Discipline Equals Freedom workouts. So he's got those in the Discipline Equals Freedom field manual. And they've got a series of workouts and there's basically no equipment involved in those. Kind of in the same vein of like, I do things because I have to, not because I feel motivated to. So the Jocko books are very in line with that. Well, that's the nice thing about that is like he combines stuff. If you're going to go for a walk, go for a walk with a backpack on with weight and, you know, just stimulate or simulate what you're going to have to do in real life anyway in certain situations. So then, yeah, his, actually, his workouts yeah. are all super functional. If I yeah, get my, my book here, because it's like, I think every workout is like four. Four things, it's like push, pull, squat, and then like a Metcon. Oh, here it is. Uh, pull, push, lift, squat, and a Metcon. I was close. If you actually listen to him talk about, you know, disciplining yourself to actually go work out every day, it's actually kind of funny. It's available on YouTube. And after about listening to about five minutes, you're like, I'm so sorry. I got to go work out now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. so I'd look at those combat strength training because uh, that's more about training in the transverse plane and you know being able to kick somebody's ass if the situation requires it. Jocko's thing is more about functional fitness. Uh, the other program that I'd look into is from Softlead if you're looking to pay for a thing. They have a bunch of programs. They do the garage gym and they do a couple other operatory type things. People that are looking to go to special forces selection or people that are in military or law enforcement. Because they do a bunch of stuff with diet, nutrition, and recovery that I feel is often overlooked because recovery is still part of working out and exercise. So you need to, you know, not wear out all the joints. You need to still be functional the next day. Like, what happens if you leave the gym and you're getting carjacked and you can't kick that guy's ass? You lose your car. Situation, right? Yeah, just hand him the keys. Yep. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I I'm just finished puking my guts out from CrossFit. Just here, take yeah. my truck. Yeah, my my keys are covered in puke, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing uh, about, the other. Go ahead. Uh, I was thinking about Krav Maga. That was after like you finish a you know a workout with that. You literally the last thing you want to do is get into a fight because you're just all your muscles were just totally totally done. You, you you're basically working out to the point of failure, right? So it's yep. uh, yeah, it was tough. Uh, Ian just touched on it a minute ago, and I think we touched on it a little bit earlier with the uh, the go get groceries with a backpack thing. Yep. Go look up something called ruck marching. It's the thing the army does, and if you've been in the army, you probably hated it. I did. It's terrible. Also, the issued backpacks are terrible, so those might be related. Most likely are. But it's it's really really good exercise. Uh, rucking, ruck marching will burn almost as many calories as running. Like, 50% more calories than walking. So and walking is good for you. And you get used to doing something you might have to do in an emergency. Instead of, like, putting on a backpack for the first time, finding out that the straps bite into you too much, and you, yep. your back muscles can't handle it, and you can only go about a kilometer or two before you, you pass out. Nice to get used to that ahead of time. Your- Super awesome bug out bag that's in your car that weighs 112 pounds and that's has four right. changes of clothes and <laughs> you actually can't pick it up out of the trunk. And it turns out water is heavy. Like who knew? I what? Mean, Come on. Well, <laughs> and 
Water being heavy, I actually want to touch on that. So the, the backpack thing is important. So if you're going to get your bug out backpack or your, your range bag or some other thing, I uh, I really like Eberly stock packs, which are more like a hunting backpack. So if you if you are doing like backcountry hunting and you have to pack something out, like if you have to pack an animal out, uh, being in good enough shape for that and using that type of equipment. I'm a big fan of the Eberly stock gear. They make great backpacks with lots of support for rucking. Uh, Go Ruck also makes dedicated rucking bags, and they do a whole series of challenges. And Go Ruck has done stuff in Toronto, in Canada. I don't know if they've done it other places in Canada, but I, I know they had a Go Ruck event in Toronto a few years ago. They make very, very quality backpacks, but they're also very specific for their events. I'm not a big fan because they don't have a waist strap. I like rucksacks that have that because I want the load distributed between my, my shoulders and my waist. That's how I learned how to do it in the army. Well, it's the issue the majority bags are terrible, but too, like, right? well, I it's a load distribution thing, and then the other thing with the combination with the waist strap is that you can change the load as you're going. So if you walk for a while and your shoulders get sore, you can take some tension off and put more load on your waist, and then after a while, when your lower back gets sore, you can put tension back on the shoulder straps and lift load up a little bit off your waist, off your hips. So it gives you some more flexibility with what you're doing. You don't need to spend a lot of money on a backpack, though, like a surplus Alice pack or a surplus uh, 82 pattern jump rock. Uh, anything like that would be fine. It's not going to be great, but like we use them in the army all the time and you can put a lot of weight in them. It's not super comfy, but they work. Um, but so does your hundred dollar 511 backpack. Uh, like the Rush series, the Rush uh, Rush 24, Rush 72 backpacks are reasonably comfortable up till about 40 pounds or so. And then after that, they're they're not as comfy anymore. No waist strap either on the smaller ones. Uh, I think the biggest one not, has not one. Not on the super small Rush. The, uh, the, uh, the 72, I'm pretty sure, has a waist strap. I think the 24 does. No, I have a 24. 72 for sure does. Yeah, 24 does 72 not. 72 does? Okay. Yeah, I use a seventy. I use a twenty-four at work, actually. So. Yeah, I use a seventy-two at work. I use a twelve at work. I put my computer in it. So <laughs> I, that's the industry in which I am. Yeah. Um, yeah so the, uh, get a bag, and I mean, if you've got a bug out bag, or if you can get two bags, or if you can get similar bags, or if you can swap equipment back and forth so that you can try and use your bug out bag as an actual bug out bag and run your, you know, run a simulated bug out or. Yep. Walk home from work and see how badly that sucks with all of your equipment from work. Yeah, I had actually right there. It's, yeah, no waist strap. <laughs> no waist strap. The other thing I'd say is uh, get quality boots, which you should yep. already have. Very important. You're a prepper. You should already have quality boots, but if you don't. And, and then for uh, that, in terms of weight. I was going to say for boots, I know the uh, you get some good Ultima combat boots and stuff on your website as well, which are kind of like yeah, super uh, awesome. Ragnarok Tactical, we do, uh, we do original SWAT and uh, Ultima where they're i mean they're kind of the same brand they're all under the same same umbrella ownership yep um they're maybe not the world's greatest boots but they're reasonably priced boots and i mean i wear original swats every day at work um whether they're the steel toe or the regular variety depending on what the job calls for that day um Ultimas are also quality boots they make some pretty good jungle boots and that sort of thing the biggest thing is ankle support when you're adding the extra weight and Really, with adding the extra weight, it's a work up to it thing. 
don't put on a 35 kilo rock and then try and go and do the 12k force march for the special forces selection it's <laughs> not gonna be a good time no actually i even found i just got the uh, surplus boots that happen to be steel toed steel sole um gore-tex and everything else i think i got them for 70 bucks uh mm-hmm. you know the ex-navy boots they're you know black leather or whatever but they work and the extra weight right off the bat just by wearing the boots for a few days that makes a difference <laughs> You because know, if you're not used to having the steel-toed boots and everything else, that takes a little while to get used to, and then you work your way up to the backpack and everything else. Yep. Uh, but well, surplus store is an option. That's, that's the idea with rocking, is really working out to it, right? So you should already be walking. You're doing some other kind of cardio activity, maybe running or biking or swimming or whatever that elliptical machine for the super, super low-impact stuff, whatever that is, and then you're going to start adding rocking into it. And starting adding rocking is like you're going to, you're going to wear the backpack. That's it. Like the extra like four or five pound backpack. And then you're going to put something in the backpack. And then you're going to put something else in the backpack and so on and so forth. And you're going to work your, you're going to work your way up and you really don't want to rock seriously more than one or maybe two days a week because it's going to use a bunch of muscles differently than what you're used to. And you're going to want to work up the weight slowly over time so you don't cause any issues because you're going to have a bunch of muscle and ligament uh, changes from doing this. You're going to probably notice your posture ch- posture changes from carrying a backpack. You should actually stand up straighter from this. So go, go slow, work your way up to it. And I would actually recommend for a weight, um, you can do things like Rock makes the dedicated weight plates, or you do sandbags or bricks or or actual like weights, like dumbbells or barbells or those things. I'd actually just use water. Cheap and it's easy. Water. One liter of water is one kilo of weight. Camelbacks hold three liters. That's six kilos. Two camelbacks, or two camelbacks is six liters. So that's six kilos, 12 pounds, right? That's like, you start adding up weight pretty quickly that way. And if it gets to be too much because you decided to go for a 5K ruck and you had, you know, 20 liters of water and you get halfway there and you have to turn around and go home, it's really, really easy to dump water out on the street. Nobody cares. You get a lot of funny looks when you start dumping sandbags out on the street. I'll be I'll be back yep. for this. Yep. <laughs> right? Or like your your now your dumbbell that in corona times now is worth more than what its weight is. So a ten pound dumbbell is worth like a hundred bucks now. Yeah. Right. So you don't want to be throwing that on the ground and leaving it. But water's super easy. Take a four liter jug of water and upend it on somebody's lawn and nobody's gonna notice or care. We do uh, have a question in the live chat here, just from uh, Jason asking, what is rucking? I don't think we covered that. Uh, I don't know what the word actually comes from. Rucksack is like a Britishism, right? It's just a backpack. Um, The army also, uh, like in U.S. movies, you'll see it referred to as forced marches sometimes. So if you're watching like U.S. media or U.S. movies about the military, you'll see it called forced marches or road marches. It's just walking with a weight. If you're going to do the, uh, the special forces selection here, you're going to do uh, 35 kilos and you're going to do 12 kilometers in less than two and a half hours. That doesn't sound fun at all. No. No, it no but it's a very achievable number. 35 yeah. kilos is a lot, but it's not that much. And 12K is far, but it's not that far. And to do it in two and a half hours is like a 12 minute a kilometer pace. So it's a very achievable pace 
just don't start out there if you haven't gone walking with 38 kilos and yeah, no, it's a ter- it's a terrible place yeah. to start. Like, don't don't do that off the bat. But work your yeah. work your way up to that. Yeah, like, totally. I'm, I'm currently meeting that. I'm totally. I'm currently meeting that with that with about 25 kilos because I'm I'm working up to the 35 kilo. But I can do 12k in just about two and a half hours. Just a little bit shy of that. And so I'm just as the times get better, the weight goes up, and then the times get worse again. So then I increase the weight some more. Well, that's good. But for uh, for people like Ian that are concerned with your low impact, it is only slightly more impactful than walking, and it burns 50% more calories. Yeah, no, and it's like, I'm just big on the ankle support as well, because any kind of surplus boots or whatever I get are always the, the high top types, like because you want to make sure you have the ankle support, especially yeah. on uneven terrain. That's good. All right. Uh... So, I think that's pretty much it, eh? Yeah, I was going to say, does the panel have anything else to add or not? We'll move into the podcast go challenge. Go work out. Yeah. Go work out. Podcast so challenge, you, go work out. As, as luck would have it, the podcast challenge. Um, try to find an exercise that works for you and the lockdown. So, uh, you know, like I said, everybody's different. Body tape's different. Uh, situation's different. But try and find something that works for you. And uh, maybe read Discipline Equals Freedom to get yourself motivated. There I like you go. It. All right, we'll move into some shout-outs. Uh, Alan had one for BruteForce.com, I guess, with his sandbags and uh, and weights. You want to make sure you mention that? Yep. Eric, you got anything? I don't have anything for this episode, no. Okay, typically Vancouver Island situation. I happen to be just sitting at the gas station trying to get a propane tank filled, and I noticed the uh, guy next to me had a ham radio license plate. So naturally, as luck would have it, you start chatting him up, and you get his life story in five minutes, and he's the local ham radio club president. Ah. So uh, that was good, and he was uh, very friendly and very good on the emails, so I've kind of got in touch with him to get a little more of a uh, ham mentor that's local. Yep. So a uh, shout out to Dan. It's always good to have a local ham mentor. They're that's always true. helpful, unless you ask them about grounding. Oh, <laughs> that, that triggers people. And autism comes out. <laughs> uh, any shout outs for you, Andrew? No, sir. All right. All right, we'll move into email and iTunes reviews then. So, All right, you want to grab that one? Yeah, so I've got one here. It just uh, starts out with, I uh, just wanted to give uh, my feedback on your show. Found you guys while watching YouTube. Uh, I spent a lot of days driving for my job. I live where, uh, where the woods and the beach meet in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, I really enjoyed the content that you bring. I originally started listening out of curiosity. I love the mix between preparedness and home setting that your show brings. My wife and I enjoy our own homestead with goats and chickens, as well as children in the woods. Uh, listening to your podcast has brought uh, reassurance that we are going in the right direction. I really enjoy how your podcast is laid out, and it makes it easy to listen to and follow. Uh, in the last week and a half, uh, I have listened to just about every episode. Uh, thank you for the great content and look forward to listening to more. So it's impressive to get through every episode in a, in a week and a half. Quite the binge. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be able to put put up with us for that much time. <laughs> appreciate you listening. Awesome. Yeah, no, uh, no new uh, iTunes reviews that I've seen come up, so nothing else uh, extra to put in there. And uh, with that, I'll bring episode number eighty-eight of the Canadian Pepper Podcast to an end. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or of course your favorite podcast app. Uh, please help us out, submit a review. It helps other people find us and gives me something to, uh, to read on the show. 
And Andrew. We record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the shows, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast, and click the notification tab. That gives you alerts when we're going live. You can contact me at... That's not my email address. Oh, I took a guess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How how about you contact... How about you contact me at feedback at CanadianPatriotPodcast.com. That's a good email for me. <laughs> there we go. Anywhere else we can get a hold of you? Oh, that's a good point. Um, if you've enjoyed me or my drunken ramblings, I'm actually really sober on this show, despite having pretended to be a contractor most of the day today. Um, we do a, we do a show Monday nights on uh, 9 o'clock Eastern. It goes on YouTube, but find it anywhere your fine podcasts are captured. It's a Canadian Patriot podcast, and we talk about mostly the waste, fraud, and abuse that our government is currently engaged in. Fair enough. So you can reach Ian directly by emailing me at theislandretreat at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find me on Canadian Patriot podcast now and then on iTunes and YouTube. They can find us discussing why government waste and society makes you want to stay in my fighting shape. Every week. Every week. <laughs> yeah, Monday night at yeah. 9 Eastern on, on YouTube for sure. But- and uh, please check out Rapid Survival at rapidsurvival.com. Uh, you can get me there on the live chat, which I am on most often, uh, and while buying some prepper gear. Uh, you can also email me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Uh, thanks for joining us, and until next time, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning.